Welcome to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. This is where you're going to discover how to bring awakening into the body and into everyday life through powerful tantric teachings. Get ready to release, open and step into your true power. We protect our hearts, right, so that we don't have to feel pain. And then we're suffering to avoid suffering and we're not getting the most, we're not giving it our all just in case. But what if you trusted yourself and what if your own relationship here was so good that it wouldn't be such a huge tragedy anyway? And so if you have an amazing sisterhood, if you keep your life when you're in relationship, you know, if you're channeling your energy into what's aligned with you, then you're not going to need backup men because it's, you don't, you're not going to have this big hole to fill if the relationship ends. Like you might feel sad, of course, and miss that person. So it's really about what would be missing. Two questions. What would be missing in your life if the relationship wasn't there? right, that another man would need to fill? And why are you trying to avoid your pain? Because pain's inevitable. Like I was saying to you at the lunch break, you can't have the peaks of the mountain without the valleys or the peaks wouldn't exist. Like life is peaks and valleys. And there's no point avoiding pain. Like pain is inevitable. That's never going to change. Right? But the level of suffering you feel is relative to how much you're resisting that pain. And of course you're going to suffer if, if like you break up, there's an element of suffering. If someone dies who's close to you, like there's different extremes to what can happen in life. Right? So it's not that you can choose to never ever suffer. I mean, I'm sure the monk in the Himalayas who's removed himself from life can, but it's really understanding and feeling at an embodied level that if you have inner union and your life is rich and fulfilling and you're okay with what is alive in you and you can sit with it and be with it, it's really not necessary to have protection. To have And part of the, the biggest protective mechanism, one of the biggest protective <coughs> mechanisms in relationship is to not fully open so that you don't get hurt. Yeah? So get a life, get one that's rich enough that whether a man is there or not, it's fucking awesome. Yeah? And have enough sovereign power within you that you know you've got this. You know, you've got your own man if shit goes down. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the masculine in terms of presence and spaciousness and awareness and holding that pole that you can all feel Matisse holds so beautifully, right? And then there's also the dark masculine, which he also holds, but you guys don't see that as much because he doesn't really express it through the mind. But, like, that masculine which plans and takes action and is fearless and, 
you know, that, that gets expressed in different ways. So if purpose is important to you and service is important to you, then you need to be in your service. You need to be aligning your service with your soul and anything that's important to you. Like when your life is fully aligned, it's, it's, it's not the relationship that's the center of your life anymore. Like if you can imagine most women are like the earth orbiting around the sun and they make the man the sun. But what if you were your own sun? What if your soul was your own sun? And Tara and I, I think I mentioned, we're doing a four-day live intensive, which is going to be awesome for anyone who wants to explore coming into full alignment <coughs> and, like, actually creating an epic life for yourself. And, of course, like, we're women. We're always going to rather an amazing relationship. But that's very different to a backup plan of men in case this one doesn't work out, right? This is holding your highest vision for an extraordinary relationship. And that, that's not to shame you. We've all done that. It's to say, okay, the relationship I'm in, I'm holding, I'm holding space for this to be extraordinary and in full alignment with me, right? That, that's what this needs to hold. And wherever it falters, I express myself. And a tip in terms of expression of what you need and making requests and saying how you feel Say it as it comes up. Because when women accumulate unmet needs and then men get a barrage of it, when we get triggered, you do so much damage. And, and he just feels completely emasculated. It's very hard for him to hear. It's much easier for a man to hear one request or one need or one issue than a hundred. And often what women do is they're like, They'll follow my formula of, like, I feel I need that you provide me with, which I'm going to go into later. But then they don't stop fucking talking, right? They're a never-ending monologue of not only what they're feeling and needing relative to whatever situation has arisen, but then all of the dirty laundry comes up. And, you know, that's a representation of your own capacity to deal with things as they come up. So how you do anything is how you do everything. How you're experiencing this in a relationship is how you're experiencing your outer relationship. How you're doing life is how you're doing business. What you're experiencing here is what you're experiencing everywhere. That's just the way of it. So, Get a life, get a life that is aligned, enriched, follow your joy. Don't go into, it's like it's not natural for women and never enjoyable for women unless they're just totally polarised in their masculine. And, and any woman who's in that and then starts working with me as soon as I contact their feminine, it quickly comes out that any woman who's in the hustle and in the overdrive and in the adrenaline and the busyness, they're not enjoying themselves. Like, actually, neither are men without balance. But because their primary orientation is freedom, it is easier for them to find joy in that than a woman. It's like we are biologically wired. Like, look at the way our body is designed. You know, we have a yoni, we have this receptive yoni, we have these breasts, 
It's like we want to receive, we want to give love, we want to play, we want to dance. It's like you look, you look at a woman like training at a gym and then you look at a woman dancing in the mountains. Like what looks more natural? What looks more radiant? What looks more magnetic? And our radiance is directly connected to how aligned we are with our true desires. And the inquiry into what am I really desiring in relationship and focusing on that, whether you're in relationship or not, it's like focusing on that as this is what I'm wanting and start to get a felt sense of that in the body by feeling it in here, actually, whether you're in a relationship or not. And if you are in a relationship, as I said, wherever that falls short, being able to say, hey, I'm feeling sad, I need more presence, that will create safety. I'm feeling frustrated. I need you to just listen and not react when I share how I feel. Can we try that, please? And that will make me feel seen, you know? It can be really simple. It can be really simple when there's not all of the protection and attachment because protection and attachment are two sides of the same coin. If you're not willing to lose your relationship, if it's not in alignment with you, then you're powerless. Shall we breathe? Yeah. <laughs> Can you say that one more time? I can't remember what I said. What did I do? Oh, if you're not willing to lose your relationship, then you're going to be powerless. It's like if it's not fulfilling you, but you're just willing to stick around and talk about how it's not fulfilling you, kick us away. Like, you're saying, here, take my fucking power. He knows that you're going to keep settling for crumbs. And actually, men love a challenge. Men want to rise. And if you're actually in that space of just being able to ask for what you want without attachment and be like, well, if that's not there, I don't want this relationship... Do you, don't you think they're going to be more interested in, in the hunt and the, and the primal part of them? That, you know, wants to do well? <laughs> it's like, okay, here's a challenge. He wants to meet that challenge. But if you're just like, me, 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 and complaining about things or nagging him or in a spiral and desperate, it's not inspiring. That's never going to inspire a man. Or just shut down, you know, those two (coughs) energies I was talking about, either avoidant, shutting everything down and avoiding the confrontation and shutting down your sexuality, or desperately needing to have intimacy every day, whether it's sexual or affection and desperately needing, you know, this and this and this to happen because you need validation. You need to know that you're loved because you don't already know it in here. And also what a lot of women do is they make the man the sole source of everything, their main entertainment, their space holder, their best friend. It's like... And then you don't have that rich life outside of the relationship. So when you're let down by that man, it feels soul destroying. Because you don't don't have 
your own son that you're revolving around that yeah he's a part of and he adds to the beautiful picture of life but your feminine is revolving around your own center your own masculine son who's embodying purpose and who's embodying presence and witnessing without judgment and creating safety and taking action on your intuition and implementing what it is that you need to feel safe and loved and have a good time and have fun. So it's good to, it's good to dialogue with your masculine. You know, tell him all of your desires. Tell him your intuitive whispers. We'll, we'll do some of that tomorrow. Shall we take a breath again? <laughs> Everyone's like, <sighs> are you all thinking, oh, I do all of that? <laughs> and you feel the burn. Instead of doing this, like we're doing this, and going like that to the man and being all hoity-toity, oh, he can't meet me, he can't fulfill my needs, blah, blah, blah. And there's a little girl that's faced the other way you know, have you seen that picture? There's an adult, two adults, and they're facing the opposite way, and then there's two little, two little kids in both of them going, I just want to be loved, I just want to be loved. It's called codependency. And so if you're depending on yourself for your level of safety, freedom, and love, and fundamentally you feel worthy, you're not going to need to do that. It's just pride, it's ego. <laughs> It's not, it's not truth. And you're not actually being honest. Like, as if you breathe deeper into it, what you would say is, I feel sad, can you hold me? And that will help me feel loved. I feel, I need, that would provide me with. It's all you ever need to say to a man. And then if he can give it to you, he can give it to you. If he can't, he can't. It's probably not personal. If he can't give it to you, he's either a schmuck or too busy. You know, for me... Like, I want to be spending majority of my time at this stage in my life having fun and enjoying my life, not, like, chasing, chasing status and money and dreams and this and that. It's like, here we are. Let's, let's enjoy. So I want to be with someone who's in that same space. And Matisse is. But if suddenly, you know and I can't imagine this happening, but if suddenly he got super ambitious and really busy and was, you know, working on something for 12, 12 hours a day or even eight hours a day. I would have to see if I still wanted that relationship. I probably wouldn't. Or if, or if his life kept him, you know, he had to be in one place all the time because I love travelling. Now, is it his fault? Do I need to try to make something work that's not working? Would it be sad if we broke up? Of course. And I would also trust in the universe and trust in something higher that if there's not a resonance and destiny isn't here, that there's destiny somewhere else. Because if you're an ever-evolving being, relationships are only going to get better. Every single one of my relationships only gets better. And I always look at the past relationship and I'm like, how was I actually with that person? But when I was with that person, I thought I could be with them forever because that's what I'm like. I'm only with, like, high-quality men. But... You know, there's also something higher and life's like that. There's always more that you can expand into. 
And sometimes it means moving on to a different relationship. Sometimes it's within the relationship. Often what I find is that I'm expanding and expanding and expanding and maybe my partner's not. And that's their choice. Maybe they're happy with where they're at. But I need to be continually expanding. And then if my partner is also continually expanding, I probably would never need to break up, right? I feel like Matisse has met me more than anyone else with that. And it's, that's like high on my list. So it's really good to get clear on what you want in relationship and what's not negotiable. And before I met Matisse, it's like one of my non-negotiables is whoever I'm with next time needs to have the same capacity for the inner work that I do. And, you know, as you, as you are on the path of learning and evolving and growing, sometimes you look back at shit you did and you're just like this. Do that for a minute and then let it go because it's all perfect. That's how we learn. And I'm 45 and sometimes I'm talking to a woman in her 20s who's beating up on herself or even in her 30s. I'm like, I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know this when I was your age, you know. It's also you learn with age and you're benefiting from the fruits of my labour right now. And that's not to say that older women aren't making mistakes, of course. And it just depends on how exposed you are to the work and how much you know and, like, there's a lot of, we're very privileged with all the information that's available to us now. And, you know, like when I was in, into spirituality and personal development, I was very unusual and it's getting more and more popular. And that's great. And it's also that now it's like there's, what's taking us out of presence is all the trying and all the, I've got to get to this point, I've got to get to that point. And it's just another another way of coming out of loving yourself. You are fundamentally worthy. Everything that you feel, you can hold, you have that capacity and you deserve the life that is most aligned with you, the career, the relationship. You don't have to settle. And anything in your life that doesn't light you up and bring you joy, you don't have to be doing. There might be a transition time when you need to be if you know that you matter enough and that you're important enough and that happiness and pleasure should always be the highest priority, right? What's the point otherwise if you're not enjoying your life? You want to work on yourself for the rest of your life and be in shitty relationships where you spend most of your time processing? Or do you want to just take the leap off the edge and, of course, it's scary living a relationship and just go, hey, this isn't working, take a leap. And you know, it's always scary. What if there's no one better? That's the thing I hear most from women. And what if there is someone better? Mm-hmm. And if you get better, you know, if, like if you're gonna compare yourself to anyone, compare yourself to yourself. Compare yourself to the person that you want to be with and go, okay, how can I expand into the person that I want to be by thinking about the person I want to be with. Can I be with that person in here? Another deep breath. And I've been around a lot of polyamory and I was, I was polyamorous and it was just when I was with other people, it was substituting for what was missing in my relationship. Fun, of course, 
and I was I, w- I was growing to an extent, but it's like, and then whenever he was with anyone, I was in hell. So it's like, yeah, that was fun, and the interactions I was having were some meetings that were expansive. Did I really need to be doing that? Was it worth it? No. Like if I could give myself advice back then, I would say leave the relationship that doesn't fulfill you and be with someone who actually meets you at all the levels you need to be met and want to be met. But like, you know, sometimes I'd be in threesome situations and I'd be all up for it and maybe enjoying during, there was always some stage where I would just want to fucking kill. And then I'd be like, I'm never doing that again. And then enough months would pass that I'd be under the illusion that, oh, no, but this one's different. This will be fun. Never fun. Fun during sometimes. Afterwards, it always felt very (sighs) uncomfortable, destabilising. And actually, even though I'm so fucking jealous... Sometimes if a woman's into Matisse and I see her, that turns me on. And if I see him getting a bit, you know, like if there's a connection, but I'll just sweep in and claim him back and he'll quickly put all this attention on me. <laughs> let, let, let whatever's turning you up. Like we were talking about him doing an album and, you know, like he's such an amazing musician. And whenever he, he free flows sometimes when we're at gigs and all the girls are like goo goo gaga, I'm like, okay, once you do your album and you actually own yourself fully and you're singing, we're doing a duet at least by the third song so everyone knows you're with me. He just, he just cracks up. He thinks I'm hilarious. He's like, what are the lyrics you need to be? I'm like, I love you, only you, only you, only Well, why do you think I said everything I said yesterday? I own every little piece of me shamelessly. I don't give a fuck, right? It's like if you can be unapologetically you, it solves a lot of issues. Like, you know, and if you, in terms of your career, like how many people here want to be coaches or like in the line of work of healing, spirituality? Yeah, it's like if you're focused on your audience, that's a very different person than someone who's not. I'm never focused on my audience. I'm, I'm attuned to all of you, but I, I, I don't give a fuck how you receive what I'm saying because I trust my channel. I trust my truth. You're here for me, so I'm going to give you me. And how you take me is how you take me, right? But if I'm, like, focused on my audience when I'm speaking, when I'm posting... You know, and like, oh, how many comments, how many likes, what are they thinking? I don't even look at any of that stuff. I don't care. The most important thing to me is emptying out, doing the inner work, and in as much as possible, having the integrity of allowing love to move through me, spirit to move through me. That's it. And that's, I think, the premise of everything, relationship and service when you're in this line of work. It's all about the inner work. It's like if you're not if you're not doing it, people will feel it. 
the, the, the most inspiring people are the people that you can tell they're not thinking about what they're saying because they're just sharing their reality. They're sharing what's here. Thanks for listening to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. For more great free resources, in-person and online workshops and our retreats, find us on Instagram and Facebook at Embodied Awakening Academy or visit embodiedawakeningacademy.com.